we cannot have nice things ever. Well, if sometimes. You're f- if you're a fan of movies, of video games, of E3, of television shows, you just can't have nice things because somebody always wants to ruin it. It's like prom. Your, your prom got ruined because somebody <laughs> spoiled the ending to your prom. Guess what? You went home alone. hey This is true. My my girlfriend actually broke up with me two days before prom, so thanks for opening up that wound. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. What's up, guys? This is the Seed on Seed podcast. You've got Sean and David uh, giving you all the news for the latest and greatest. And by all the news, I mean whatever we found interesting this week. Or like yeah. the last 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. The last 10 minutes ago, as in pre-show conversations. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to. I'm upset. And I'm when upset. When aren't you upset? I, You're always uh, upset about something. I'll, I'll only never be upset when Transformers and Fast and the Furious merge into one film. Yeah. But what if it's a bad movie? That it still, if it happens, I got exactly what I asked for. Okay, so and, it doesn't matter about quality, just, just the, the fact no, that they make the movie. Both movie, both movie franchise constantly put out sixes or sevens, right? So it's going to so, be at least a twelve or fourteen, <laughs> <laughs> but divided by three, carry the two, and multiply by x, and we'll get a five. I think my math checks out. No, I'm upset because, like, I mean, the Russos did what they did. They, they, They do what they do all the time. They're like, oh, Thanos demands your silence. But the Russos actually did this this year for a different reason. Because some moron, just after the Korean um, pre-screening of the Avengers... Released multiple clips on the internet. Was it Korean or was it the Chinese one? I thought it was the one in Korea. I thought it was China. I'm afraid to Google it. I refuse to Google it. I'm going with the first pieces of information I got, which were like five days ago. And I'm not going to Google it because I'm so afraid to see what's on the other side of that wall. I mean, at the end of the day, I understand that they're they're film, like they're they're movie characters, but they're beloved characters. And if something happens, like... Obviously, we're going to predict who is potentially dying, but I don't want to find out a week before. Yeah, you want to see it happen. Yeah, like th- this isn't without like knowing anything. This isn't like finding out the gender of your unborn child so that you can paint their room an appropriate color. I was going to use a more appropriate um, reference. Like this isn't trying to find <laughs> out what happens at the end of Glass because Unbreakable happened two years before, or no, what was it? Split happened two years before, and Unbreakable happened ten years before that. This is a ten-year movie saga coming to an end. But is it actually coming to an end, or is it? Well, this just, chapter is the yeah. Infinity Stone chapter is culminating. So, like, I, I just could I they, think that could they not just do because I know in the Marvel, well, just in superhero in comic books in general, there's all these like alternate universes where. You know, like, there's one in Marvel where the whole Infinity Stone stuff with Thanos never actually happened, right? Yeah. So, could they just not go back and be like, oh, whoop, different timeline? You could, but they're not going to do that because some idiot 
like recorded the movie and put it on the internet. Yeah. And like, I know, I know just like, like it's funny cause I found out about the leak and I, I text my girlfriend and like we texted our like chat groups and everybody was just going crazy. And she was like, Oh, don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen. Like we're not going to find anything. And she went on Tumblr for something completely different. And boom, there was like spoilers there. She just closed the screen. She's like, I didn't see anything. I didn't want to see anything. I refuse to see anything. But even last night, Game of Thrones got leaked like four hours early. How? That show's still on? You know Game of Thrones is still on. Last night was absolutely a fire episode, too. Oh, they discovered fire? They did, and guns. Oh, that's weird. Um, See... I'm not. I actually haven't seen any spoilers for Infinity War or whatever Endgame, which I'm surprised at because I browse Reddit quite a bit and um, I've watched a lot of YouTube stuff and just in general. I I don't know. Like where where did you see spoilers? Um. So Ty sent me a message. And he's like, whatever you do, go into your, like, Twitter and change your keywords. Uh, I was like, why? He's like, because there's spoilers everywhere right now. Oh, like they show up in, like, recommended? Yeah, they were they were showing up on, like, I haven't been on Reddit in a week. And, like, I have some Reddit subscriptions because, like, well, I, w- I was on the Red Dead forum because I was, like, trying to find, like, some of the stuff for the end of the game. But also, like, some of the memes are absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on one, and there was an Infinity War thing in there. And, like, I was trying to look for a stream for a basketball game, and I saw, like, Avengers stuff. I was like, nope, done. Just, I, I can wait. I can wait another four days to use Reddit. Yeah. that Well, it's kind of like when uh, the previous two Star Wars movies had come out. I kind of forced myself off Facebook and Reddit for until you the time it. being, until I saw it. Except Solo, uh, because we're like, ah, it's a prequel. Yeah, nobody gives a crap about Solo. Um, but actually, it's funny, because uh, last week, I saw Shazam. Great movie. I still haven't seen it, but uh, uh, I'll take your word for it. It's a, it's actually quite a good movie, and they, I think that they did the comic books uh, justice. Is it in the same realm of Deadpool for hilarity, or? Um, it's a different kind of humor, because it's like, you have to... Uh, remember that uh, Shazam or Billy Billy Baxter or whatever his name is, he's like a 15-year-old or something like that. So a lot of like the humor is the fact that this guy's looks like an adult, but he's actually like a 15-year-old. And he um, wants a lair on a cliff. Yeah, stuff like that. But anyway, so one of the, um, the trailer slash preview things was for Endgame, but it wasn't like a... It wasn't a trailer for the movie. It was literally just a plea to everyone to not spoil the movie for other people. And it was like this whole thing. I don't know if if, if you've seen it, but uh, it's kind of shows different clips from different movies. And it's saying like this is a, a journey we've all been part of. Dun, 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 dun. And then it's like this is the final chapter or the final story don't ruin it be an avenger yourself or something some crap like that but i i saw that and i'm like 
wow, like I don't remember this like ever having to like ever seen anything like this for movies. So, so I've heard in recent days a story about the release of Harry Potter's sixth book. Now, if you guys don't know what happened in Harry Potter yet, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to ruin it. But apparently people drove outside of bookstores and it was this whole thing. Oh, yeah. There's a video and online. Where the guy yells, Dumbledore Snape, died on... Snape kills Dumbledore and then someone just like... On page no! 640 something, yeah. You bitch! <laughs> yeah. Like, like, people will go to great lengths to ruin things for other people. Well, can you imagine because... being on the team that tried to figure that out? It's like everybody gets half a chapter and I, go. I remember when that happened because um, my girlfriend at the time was like huge into Harry Potter. And I found the list of literally all the spoilers. Well, no, actually, hold on. She was not huge into Harry Potter. She only read the first two books. That's so that's huge why into Harry Potter. Yeah. So that's why when I got this, I was like, oh, check this out. And then she got all mad at me for spoiling it for her. And I was like, but you haven't read any of the other books and you're not going to. She's like, I might. She didn't talk to me for like a week. But uh, yeah, like I remember. And this was like before YouTube was like a big thing. Right. So it was literally just like a, a text list, like posted on forums and shared on MySpace and stuff like that of what happens in the book. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been uh, a, movie. A, campa- a campaign, I guess you could call it, on on advertising for a movie to tell people not to spoil the movie for other people. Which just goes to show like how important this series is to people, how much that they've invested in, and clearly... like. I'm not a huge Marvel fan, but I do enjoy the movies, minus, you know, uh, Thor 1, 2, and... And the fact uh, that they didn't make you an Iron Man 4 yet. And, yeah, still waiting on Iron Man 4, Disney. Um, <laughs> on it. <laughs> but this is something that I think... I'd say probably 9 out of 10 people have seen. Anyone under the age of, like, 40 probably has like, has guaranteed seen it. Unless they have been living under a rock and not able to get to the movie theaters or don't have Netflix or anything like that. Um, so this is like a, I would say this is like a cinematic milestone where there's like been no other series that have had such a long um, lead up to a final ultimate movie. You know, yeah. like there's like movies with like trilogies and like Harry Potter, for example, like that's like what six movies, but that's people knew that because it was like books, right? Like, so yeah, there's the comic books and stuff like that, but these stories are created for cinema f- taken from what happened in these comic books. So people, if you've read the comics, you, you kind of like know what happened, but people have no idea what's going to happen this Friday when Avengers Endgame comes out. Right. Oh, you're to- you're totally right. And like, I remember when Civil War came out, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, is Captain America gonna is Captain America gonna die, or is Iron Man gonna die?" And people who have read the comics would be like, "Okay, Civil War, Steve Rogers dies," which makes way for other people to assume Captain America's moniker, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then Infinity War happened, and the same thing happened. And then you see Tony get stabbed, and you're like, holy fucking shit. What happened? Nobody saw that coming. And, like, I went at the 10 o'clock show. And last year when I went, like, we're doing the same thing again this year. But when I went to the theater, I was wearing headphones from the moment I walked into the theater to the moment I sat down. Because I've been to movies before. And Spider-Man 2 was one of the first ones that happened to me in where somebody ran out of the movie theater and just started talking shit. I can't even remember what the spoiler was for Spider-Man 2, but it was it was like something <laughs> big for Spider-Man 2 at the time. It was but, that great power leads to great responsibility. Oh no, Uncle Ben died for the 18th <laughs> origin story. Yeah. But like I've I've been wary. There was also I think it was X Men Days of Future Past when I walked in, or walking in somebody was ruining it because it was like the one right after First Class and they're like oh my God Rogue came back or um Jean Grey or something and I'm like that was a pretty huge thing yeah for those I remember movies. when um when I, I went to see the Star Wars marathon for the Last Jedi there was a a early showing of um. The Last Jedi for, I don't know, I don't know how people got it, but it was, it was ending right as we were kind of going into, into the theater yeah, for the marathon. And the uh, theater staff actually did not let the people out of the theater that just finished the movie until we were all in the theater for the new one. And then they were kind of like escorted, like out of the theater, and they were told like, "Don't say anything to these people. Like, give them the same opportunity that you had." So that was actually quite interesting to see that they were doing that. And, and the effort is important because I think that, I think that's great. And and I think this also leads to, you know, if people start, if if companies and franchises are going to be making these big stories these epic epic stories that lead up to a final final movie um like we'll take star wars as well for an example like nobody knows what's going to go what's going to happen in that one because the last two movies were so different from each other this could go any way right so there's two movies that are coming out this year one this friday and one in december where it's going to if if it turns it into a regular thing where Oh, you can't go to the movie to watch something that you've waited years for, right? Because without, someone's going to ruin it. Yeah, yeah, without people coming out of the theater ruining it. I can see that's making people not go see the movie right away. But then the internet will ruin it. That's that's your your other thing, right? Yeah. There's it's really hard to kind of avoid the spoilers. Like, but, could you, like Spider-Man dying at the end of Infinity War. Nobody saw that coming. Like him getting dusted. But Marvel also made the mistake of advertising Spider-Man. That was like one of their first missteps. If you remember back from... That Spider-Man was in the movie? Yeah. Or, well, from... Because they released a trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. And, oh, yes. Because that they takes place after... Like minutes after, apparently or days after or something. Um, I don't know if you remember the hype around, or the lack of the Justice League hype, 
But the one thing that a lot of people found flawed was the fact that at the end of Batman versus Superman, they put that scene in where they're at his funeral and all of a sudden the dirt rises from his grave. Oh, yeah. And everybody's like, okay, well, I guess he's going to be in the Justice League. Ha ha. And then like every Justice League trailer had no Superman. And you're just like, oh, I wonder when Superman's going to come back. Then you have Alfred and he's like, oh, I was waiting for you to show up. And you're like, oh, there's Superman. Oh, yeah, with his poorly CG'd out or CG'd upper lip. Yeah, because he had to reshoot Mission Impossible or something. Yeah, because he uh, he grew the mustache for Mission Impossible, but he was filming like both at the same time or something like that. and He didn't want to shave his mustache. That's great. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're just we're frustrated with people who want to ruin things and we get it like. There's always going to be that one jerk who wants to tell everybody the big news. But please, for the love of anything, if you've ever been passionate about anything in your life, just let people have this. Like, I, yeah, and, and I think it, that, it's, that, it's, it's that nice to remember down, what it's like. Yeah, yeah, and that really comes down to the whole, you know, treat others the way you would want to be treated. Like, there's always going to be that asshole that, you know wants to ruin it for other people but don't be that asshole if if you think you've grown out of superhero movies great fuck you (laughs) yeah (laughs) like good for you you grew up or you think you're too cool for it but the fact of the matter is you're not too cool for anything i remember a quote from the movie without a paddle and it like this it's it's kind of related but it it really reminds me of how childish people can be the guy they were playing some music and they were laughing about it he's like do you remember when you could just listen to the radio and nobody cared what was on as long as it sounded good and that's always stuck with me because like i mean we're of the generation that can't let the backstreet boys go and we're like heavily into the 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 last few years of the 90s and the early 2000s that's the wheelhouse of our generation and we can't like get past that because that's the way music was and nobody ever judged you if you were listening to umbop for the hundredth time people maybe questioned your sanity because you listened to it at school and they did stop the bop on almost every high school campus forever yeah but nobody ever questioned it and now like you hear people literally like calling people excuse me like I've heard insane about like his working in a mall. You hear like, oh, that person is this or you're lame for that. But in more homophobic slurs and just it's so dumb. Just let people enjoy stuff. Yeah. And there's a there's a good example coming up of people going to be who are, I would say, uh, considered too old for something who are getting excited for something that's not superhero related is it is it something you have to capture yeah (laughs) and it's not (laughs) it's it's not syphilis (laughs) it's not syphilis uh the detective pikachu movie that's just a, a prime example of people who are considered uh too old or should be too old for liking uh, Pokemon, right? Like Pokemon was popular. Pokemon came out when we were in elementary school. Like well, I remember playing 25 it. Twenty five years my- ago, right? Or yeah, twenty. Like, something like that. Yeah, twenty. 
So I remember playing it on like my original Game Boy, and like this was a, a thing. And you know, people, the games are always marketed towards like the younger, the younger generation, right? But there's always going to be like adults that play it, and like I'll play it just for the kind of the, the nostalgia. I don't play it as intently as I did back when I was like 12 years old. But it's it's just one of those things that we've always wanted a Pokemon. Like people want Pokemon to be real. Like I remember walking to school being like, oh, my God, like, wouldn't it be cool if I could actually catch a Pokemon right now? Like this is like the coolest uh, kind of universe that yeah. you can be part of. Right. And now and it was such a like a. It was more than a craze at one point too. Yeah, like there, it, there was. Um, I, I, I would almost say it was actually beyond craze. It was like a global phenomenon, because everybody played it, and if you didn't play it, it's because so, you didn't have a Game Boy. Yeah, or or like if you didn't have a Game Boy, you played the Pokemon trading card game. Like you collected the Pokemon cards. Um. I can't so, think of one person I know that didn't like Pokemon. Yeah, like there was, you know, the the few bullies in high school, you know, that were too cool for anything. But oh still, yeah, because like, they grew up too quickly. Yeah, because you know they had to be cool, right? And and playing video games and stuff like that, uh, unless it was, well, like Pokemon was just like too kiddy, right? It's too cartoony for them. But um, Pokemon, like the Detective Pikachu movie, is a prime example of a movie coming out now that not only appeals to kids who are playing Pokemon for the first time or With who are just Pokemon Go it. and Let's Go Pikachu yeah. and Eevee. It's appealing to people who played Pokemon the first time it was ever released. Well don't don't kid yourself for one second. The demographic for this film isn't five to fifteen. The demographic of this film is like fifteen to thirty. I would even say like five. <laughs> I would say like <laughs> twenty-five to forty, almost. Like, do you, I can't remember. It was probably ten years ago at that when IGN's April Fool's joke was the live-action Pokemon. Yes, I remember that intently. And being really upset when you found out it was fake. Yeah. Three days later, because YouTube wasn't nearly what it is now. No. Like, oh, my God, did you see this trailer? Yeah, that was from, like, three days ago, and it's fake, bro. Uh, I think, um, so, like, the, the Pokemon movie, it it has a good mix of, like, the cutesy kind of Pokemon. Like, there's, in the trailer, we've seen, like, Pikachu, um, Jigglypuff. Hugging Psyduck. Psyduck, stuff like that, right? The, the classic ones. But then they've taken some classic Pokemon, like, Char uh, Charmander or is that no Charizard? And, and made him like he looks insane. like crazy, like actually kind of scary. You know, like you wouldn't want to be alone in the room with him. Um, and other other, I'm having a brain fart. Who else did I see? Oh, um, Bulbasaur. Gyarados you know, looks crazy, Bulbasaur yeah. is as even though he's like a cute kind of thing, like he still looks like realistic. He's like a looks got that like lizardy like scaly skin and all this stuff. Like they've put a lot of effort into kind of taking what what 
we have envisioned Pokemon being in our head playing the games and putting it into like a real life live action movie. Yeah. And even for people who have never played the Pokemon games, like so my girlfriend has she's never really played any of the original Pokemon games. The only Pokemon game that I know that she's ever played is the Detective Pikachu Pokemon. Like is is the three D S game. And honestly she when that first came out or when she first heard of that she kind of just like was making fun of it because in the game pikachu has a middle-aged man's voice and she's like this is so stupid like pikachu sounds like a middle-aged man it's weird it doesn't make sense to the and slowly you know she kind of was like i kind of want to kind of want to play it like it seems interesting she'd like watch videos and stuff like that so i ended up getting the game for her for christmas and she loved it she she beat it and I have not seen her so excited for a movie as, like... Detective Pikachu? Detective Pikachu. The last time she was so excited for a movie was when uh, she saw the trailer for Paddington 2. Wow. And if if you haven't seen any of the Paddington movies, they're actually amazing. Highly recommended. Take your word for it. Um, But it's just like, okay, this this person went from kind of making fun of this this game and the concept to wanting to see this movie opening day and saying that she's going to bring her detective Pikachu amiibo, like the giant one to the movie theater. So this movie is appealing to a lot of people. And I don't think that there's like, I think anyone can go see it. Like obviously, you know, my parents aren't going to go see it because they just never cared about any of that stuff. But I think anyone who has ever had any investment in Pokemon, whether it be the video games, the trading card game, playing Pokemon Go, right? I think that they will have some interest to go and see the uh, the movie. Yeah. But then... Oh, telephone. Uh <laughs> But my concern with the uh, Detective Pikachu movie is it's be- I feel like it's almost being over-advertised for, um, for to, to try and show people that the movie's going to be good. Um, I know that I know that the Pokemon company and who's who's behind it and Nintendo and stuff like that they are really kind of pushing this because they're going to be directly competing with the likes of Disney with um, like, they're, they're going to need to take some uh, ticket sales from Avengers, even though uh, it comes out two weeks after Endgame. But then there's movies. It, like, it might win that third week though. I have a feeling it will. I have a feeling that um, there's a big enough hype for it that that weekend might be a detective Pikachu weekend. Um, but I'm concerned that they, because they're over advertising it, they're showing like they just released a new uh, a new trailer today, uh, and there's way more Pokemon in there just kind of that you can see in the background. And my concern, and I hate when movies do this, is that they show too much of the movie that it kind of takes away from the excitement of seeing everything there for the first time, or like, oh, I've seen all of this stuff in the trailer, so then the movie doesn't really have that like that uh, like that awe of seeing it a lot of the time as you know when they do that it's because the pre-screenings didn't do very well 
And then it makes you wonder, like, who are they taking to the pre-screenings, right? Like, are these going to be all just corporate bigwigs that are just like, oh, we just want to see how this is going to do to make us money and stuff like that. Um, But, like, I was kind of disappointed that on the second trailer, I think it was, they showed Mewtwo. As, like, that's a huge thing that they could have just left for the movie. I don't know. know. Pokemon 2000 showed off Mewtwo and everybody was like, whoa, Mewtwo can talk? That's crazy. Yeah, and I think... uh, But but this is, like, live action, right? Like, you'd think this is a... And he didn't even look that cool. You're right. Yeah, like, I feel like it would have had more... Like, when you're watching the movie, it would have more kind of just oomph uh, when you're just, you didn't know that it's coming. Right? Yeah. Or, like, they no, mention it, and you're like, oh, shit, like, that's actually there. You know, I remember, do you remember, Um, I think it was, like, the last Pokemon movie when Pikachu talked, and everyone in the theater's like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, they redid that one scene? Yeah. And I, I wonder if, like, this is just the, uh, the the next step in the evolution of talking Pokemon. But, you know, if, if they did this, like if this movie does well, I can see them doing another one. Um, not necessarily I, another detective Pikachu movie, but maybe another just Pokemon movie in general. I believe, I personally think it's going to be a one and done. I don't because know, Nintendo, Nintendo likes their money. Yes, Nintendo does like their money, but what story can you possibly tell with Pokemon where you specifically have a Pokemon that can talk? Detective stuff. So you're going to do a Detective Pikachu too? Yeah. I don't know. I th- like where, this he, like, where he uh, becomes like an alcoholic and like, he's his detective firm is running out of money so he's got to take like one last job and it's going to be a big payoff <laughs> the only thing i can think of is like maybe he has to foil team rocket and meowth can also see talk. that would be amazing i would totally go see that but but then you'll get be ready like, for trouble and make it double to protect that's all the i know world. oh yeah to protect the tech to protect the world from what devastation was it? It's like to unite all people within our nation. Oh yeah, that's true. So uh, that sounds very communist. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, just just while we are talking about Pokemon, yesterday was a very big anniversary for um our our beloved Game Boy handheld. In nineteen uh, April twenty first, nineteen eighty nine, the Game Boy was released. Thirty years ago, can you believe that? No. Yeah, that's insane. I still have mine. It's sitting on the uh, sitting on my shelf right over there. Now, the original Nintendo Game Boy, according to this piece of information, has sold a total of 118.69 million units worldwide. Looking at the regional breakdown, it sold 43.18 million units in North America, 40 in Europe, and another 32 million in Japan. It also sold an additional 2.99 million units to the rest of the world. There's a list of the top 10 best-selling Game Boy games according to Nintendo. Tetris. Now, is that one where, of them? No. Um, yes. Tetris is number two. I didn't know we were guessing, but I'll, I'll, I'll oh. give you that. Um, <laughs> Tetris. Um, the thing here is it also includes Game Boy Color, from what I can see. 
Interesting. So, but I so, guess so. I mean, know, that like, is considered a Game Boy title because Game Boy was Game Boy. Yeah, and and uh, I think early Game Boy games, or like, sorry, early Game Boy Color games. Sorry, okay, let me re- reiterate. When the Game Boy Color came out, they were making games for the Game Boy that added functionality for color palettes on the like, Game Boy Color. Like and the Game Boy Advance let you play both widescreen and non. Yeah, like the Game Boy Color, like games were designed for the Game Boy, but had Game Boy Color functionality. Whereas later on, there were games designed specifically for the Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think games that work on both are able to be considered just Game Boy games. So Tetris, the game, ranked number two at thirty point two six million copies. Do you know why that game sold so many? Because it's it's amazingly addictive. It is, but it was actually a uh, a bundled game. The Game Boy, when it was uh, when it was first released, uh, Nintendo was just got the rights for Tetris, and they created Tetris on the Game Boy, and it was marketed as uh, a game system for kids and adults. Um, and because Tetris was such like an addicting game and it was so fun and anyone could pick it up, uh, they actually bundled the Tetris for Game Boy with it. And that's why it sold so much. I'm Damn. sure it would sold. I'm sure it would have sold a ton anyways. Um, but yeah, it was just like one of these things like Nintendo finally was like, yes, we have the license and the rights to Tetris. It's all ours. And then they're just like money, 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 money. And they printed it. Oh, and then they made the game. <laughs> yeah and like tetris has like gone through a few different re- revolutions um i i personally really love the new tetris for nintendo 64 it was one of the best ones yes because you can make squares all right do you have any other guesses on what were the top games um legend of zelda Link's awakening didn't scratch the top 10 no number hmm. 10 uh, sold 5.07 million copies metroid 2 no you got you got to think of like who's playing game boy super mario land 2 i've got i don't know (laughs) they've got super mario land at 18.14 million copies you want me to just do the list i'll do it yeah just number 10 super mario bros deluxe at 5 million or 5.07 kirby's dream land at 5.13 oh yeah great super mario land 3 wario land at 5.19 the OG Dr. Mario at 5.34. Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins at 11.18 million. That was an awful game. What do you mean it was awful? It was so good. It was tough. I didn't like that one. Maybe it was because I was younger and I didn't like it because it was so tough. I bet you now it'd be cake. Pokemon Yellow at number five, 14.64. Which, was, which is interesting because Pokemon Yellow came out well after... Uh, Pokemon Blue and Red. So and it's at fourteen point six. Yeah. Um, the crazy part about that too is everybody's playing Pokemon Yellow right now on Pokemon Let's Go. Same game. Um, we already know Super Mario Land is eighteen point one four. Third place is Pokemon Gold and Silver at twenty three point ten million copies. Yeah, those were um, those were the first ones that had uh, the day night cycle, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and color. Yeah. And officially, although the third title doesn't count, Pokemon Red and Blue at $31.38 million, er, million copies. I remember missing so many things because Pokemon Red was the most important thing in my life when I was 12 years old. See, I had Pokemon Blue. I love the I love Pokemon Blue. It was, it was the game I was given. You got Pokemon I, Red? Yeah, I was given it as a gift and it was just like the best thing ever. I still I, I remember just like it was so addictive. Like I'd be sitting on the deck waiting for like my dad to come home or whatever and just playing Pokemon. Just playing all my Pokemon. Then it it got restricted in the summer. I was only allowed to play it if it was raining and if it was dark outside. Which was no yeah. fun because you can't play the original Game Boy unless you're like in a well lit area. Yeah, I remember uh having the little light attachment that plugged into the uh expansion port or like the link cable port so that oh, I could yeah. play so I could play at night, like in bed. Um or I would uh, we I had my desk with a like just like a desk lamp, and I just remember like sitting. Uh, I still remember this sitting in my room. My door was closed, so that I could be <laughs> alone in my room. Had my desk lamp on, and I was f- finally fighting the uh, what is it? Um, the Elite Four. Oh yeah. And I beat the game. I I still remember that walking up to the end and then like talking to professor oak or whoever and i was the champion i was the best of all time but then it's like you need to go catch up catch more pokemon i'm like no fuck that yeah and then you had to like keep rebeating it to get like the rare candies and stuff yeah you had to like always glitch the game man what is interesting i remember you know like it's it's crazy how uh there was a community online that long ago with just like information on how to glitch the game, like how to get, uh, what missing, no, missing, no, um, how to glitch the game to get, um, like whatever Pokemon to show up where you wanted it, how to like get Mew. Like, it's just crazy. Like how before days of, you know, Facebook and Reddit and YouTube and stuff like that, just like on web forums, like people figured this stuff out and you could just go and search it up using like Ask Jeeves, if anyone remembers what that was, um, or like Yahoo. Who, oh, yeah. Where do you find Missing Now? Yeah, like just stuff like that. It's just it's crazy. And the the cool thing is, is that um, if you uh, I don't know if you if you'd ever done that and then your save can get corrupted. Yeah. Yeah, so that exploit is still or like that bug is still in the um v- virtual console versions on uh Nintendo DS. So I remember I bought I have Pokemon Blue on my uh my 3DS and I was like, "Oh, let's just see if I can do this." And I managed to get Mew uh right at the beginning of the game. It was like uh you had to do uh think is like you have to go to an area start a fight run away when you see something and then when you uh walk up to a guy right as they uh the little uh, exclamation mark shows up you have to like 
fly to another town and then go and then when you get the ditto it'll actually be a mew so i caught that and i'm like oh sweet this works and i was playing the game and then uh one day like i loaded it up and i get the error oh your save file is corrupted and i had to start all over again i'm like ah oh, yes memories of being <laughs> like <laughs> 15 years old and hating my life after or doing yeah all this. if if you did the if you did the missing no and you did it wrong your lapras would get stuck yes and you, yeah. you'd have to turn off your game and if you didn't save it it was the worst and you know like this is a prime example of how just based off of nostalgia i think we uh, can't have nice things hey yeah yeah we can't have nice things uh and i think just based off of the nostalgia i think uh, the Detective Pikachu movie is going to do very well because people are going to see it and they're going to talk to their friends and be like, oh, yeah, like you hear that they're making a detective, like a movie, like a Pokemon movie. Uh, yeah, I remember playing that game, like doing all this stuff. Like I think people are just going to be like the fact that it's not like a, an anime, like just a cartoon because it's live action. I think that's going to draw people to it more. Yeah. And I think the people who you know, played the game who are now too old to play the game. I think they'll be more inclined to see it just for nostalgia's sake because it's live action. And, you know, like I, I know a lot of people that are going to go see that movie. Mm-hmm. But I was but waiting. as long it just sounded like you had a butt waiting. Oh yeah. I got a big butt waiting. Uh, and I cannot lie. Um, <laughs> No this is like this is another prime example of like uh hopefully people don't ruin it you know i think like they from what i have seen and what i've played in the detective pikachu game i feel like they are taking a lot from the game so kind of like you know if you've read the book you know kind of what happens in the movie i think like this will be very similar like if you've played the game you'll have an idea on what happens in the movie um but with them showing so much of the trailers, I'm hoping that there's something in the movie that is just kind of like mind blowing. <laughs> like maybe you get to meet Professor Oak. Like they've already showed off that you meet Misty, but you're obviously not Ash. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they could really do unless they show off like a legendary Pokemon or something, but they're even showing more Pokemon in the new trailer. So it's tough. Yeah. So I, I'm just really hoping that there's something like just crazy that is, you know, you see it and you're like, wow, I was not expecting that. That was amazing. You know, and you leave that movie feeling like that, you know, 12 year old kid just after you beat the elite four for the first time, you know. Um, but then I also hope that people don't ruin the movie. Because yeah. my girlfriend will be very, very angry. And guess who has to deal with the wrath? Me. So if any of the viewers or listeners out there don't want me to f- feel the wrath of my girlfriend being upset because Detective Pikachu movie is ruined for her, don't spoil the movie. Yeah. And don't spoil Avengers either. Oh, yeah, that um, too. <laughs> um, one more movie topic I wanted to go over. Um, we like to do this every year. Um or like I guess we shouldn't say every year because we no longer do the the next episode. However, David and I like to kind of look into the future a little bit. Now, uh, we're not going to do superheroes. We're just going to do the top five weekends that 
Um, looks like they're going to be the hottest in climate when it comes to film this summer. Now, this could be one of the best summers we've ever seen in film. I mean, last year was pretty good, but this year could be even better. So, David, I challenge you to try and come up with some of the movies that will be coming out this summer and see if they land on the big five weekends. Now, So that's the weekends from this Friday to what end of end of May? And, uh, yeah, the the last movie here is listed as July nineteenth. So these are these are all considered to be the big, the five biggest weekends to watch for the summer box office. Obviously, this weekend is going to start things off. There's no question in my mind. It's already the highest grossing pre order of all time, and we're talking Avengers Endgame, which. We shouldn't be surprised at this That movie point, comes right? out this week? comes out on Thursday. No, I heard it's not very good. Yeah, I've heard a lot of spoilers. No, <laughs> we're not going down that road. <laughs> Pause for awkward silence. Complete. All right, so that's, that's April 26th. Now, a month from now, some big movies are coming out. Do you have any ideas what they are? Uh... Well, I know Detective Pikachu's May 10th, but I can't think of anything that would be significant the week before. All right. So what about the week after, like May 2-4? Oh, that's John Wick. Everyone knows that. John Wick is on the list, yes. The biggest movie anticipated for that weekend is Aladdin. Oh, really? Which I think is going to be bad. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer? Yes. It looks bad. (laughs) Unfortunately. I wish I wish I could take it back. Now, wait, f- no, that's that's oh no, May two fourth. Sorry, that's John Wick's the, May fifteenth, seven seventeenth, May 15th. the week the week before. Yeah, the seventeenth. Yeah. Oh, okay, so the following week is. Uh... Yes. So the the next week, so literally one week later, they're already anticipating a complete turnover at the box office. Um, You've got another installment Give me a hint Sure You've got another installment into a large franchise um, That depicts a Japanese monster Godzilla Yes Or sorry, should I say it correctly? Godzilla Godzilla Um, You have a really cool thriller looking movie um, Called Ma And you have the latest in the new trend of biopics for musical acts. Oh, uh, um, the Elton John one. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Man. You got it. So that that's a week turnover. That's it. Just one week. Now, Rocket Man go, looks pretty good. I think it's going to be great just because I don't think it's Bohemian Rhapsody. What's his name? Uh, um, T- Tyron Egerton or t- whatever. Tyrants. No. The guy who was in um, The Secret Circle. Taron Taron Egerton, apparently he sings all of the songs. Like he's learned to sing all of Elton John's songs and he sings like them. And apparently Elton, I was uh, watching like a video, um, like uh, one produced by like as an advertisement for the movie. And I guess Elton John has been helping with the production of this just for um uh what's it called like not continuity but for um 
whatever it's called. Yeah, did you did you, uh, like? <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Did you ever see the movie Sing? Uh, is that the animated one? Yeah. No, I have not seen it. He does Elton John's "Still Standing" in that film. Oh, okay. And it's incredible. He plays a monkey. <laughs> um, yeah. The yeah. following week, or not the following week, the following month. We're looking at June 21st now. What do you think comes out then? Disney is pretty much owning this list, so it might be a Disney writer that made this list. Uh, the Secret know. Life of Pets. No. It's <laughs> definitely not The Secret Life of Pets 2. Uh, um, is, it actually, another, is it a superhero movie? Secret Life of Pets 2 comes out two weeks earlier. It is not a superhero movie, um, but one is a horror film that is too... Uh, on the list the other one is a family friendly film that is in its fourth installment um what what day is this june 21st oh oh hold on shit does that is that when toy story comes out toy story 4 and child's play oh they're making another child's play movie (laughs) well welcome back chucky They are, and then yeah. the final the final weekend is July nineteenth that they have listed here for ex- like extremely big box office weekends. Another Disney film, um, live action. Uh oh, that's The Lion King. Yeah, I, I now, actually hold on. What was, doesn't Spider Man come out in July as well? Yeah, and it's not listed, which is quite shocking. Interesting. That comes out uh, July second. Doesn't it? I thought, I thought it was the 16th. Or... Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, or is that Tuesday. does that come out in May? I don't know. It gets released. <laughs> initial release 2019. Thanks. Yeah, July 5th, 2019. Oh, July 5th. So. I'm surprised that one is... Uh... Actually, we you know, we haven't seen too many trailers since there there's um there's rumors floating around that there'll be a new trailer dropping next week i think that's the next big movie for them to start advertising right so yes but they want at least the first week of avengers endgame everybody knows spider-man's coming back they just don't know how and there's like clips in the trailers like oh you know thor or this that or the other thing like we don't know if the original Avengers even make it. We just don't know. Maybe there's just going to be like an alternate timeline, which is possible. It's very possible. All right. So now's the time we get into the the topic of the week. Thanks to our our good friends at Sony and then our other friends at Microsoft. They were like, "Hey guys, don't worry about it. We're, we're, we're not going to do anything big at E3. Hell, Sony's not even going to E3 for the Wait, first Microsoft's, time. Microsoft's not doing anything at E3 now? No, no. I'm just saying, like, oh, don't worry about E3. You know, like, oh. nonchalantly. Then Sony was, like, Sony announced last year they weren't even doing a presentation because last year sucked. And now they're like, like, now I actually want to see a Sony presentation because they've just announced the PlayStation 5. Sort of. And then Microsoft was like, hold my beer. We're going to release 
a discless Xbox One S. We're going to release a junior, or um, well, they're going to release what's called Microsoft, or their Project Anaconda. And then they also have a junior version of Anaconda, which is going to be for cheaper, um, uh, for a cheaper alternative for gaming for people just getting into consoles and home consoles. So Microsoft actually, I think they did a really great job this week just responding to play like Sony's just like, here's what we're going to do. What do you got? And then Microsoft was just like, yeah, well, we have all these things lined up and you should not have showed us your hand first. That's how I kind of feel. We don't really know a lot about either. Um, we could go over tech a little bit, but it does look like, oh, it's called the Xbox Lockhart model. Will run for about 250. So it kind of seems like the, um, remember when the Xbox 360 did the 360 Elite and then the 360? Yeah. Um, eight core CPU, four teraflops, uh, 12 gigs of RAM, and a one terabyte SSD. And then you're going to see everything pretty much double out on the Anaconda for around six or 700, I would assume the console is going to land. Um, 12 teraflop, teraflop GPU with a 16 gig of RAM is kind of where they're sitting at that. And then I haven't found a lot of stuff on the PlayStation because everything is all over the place. All we yeah. know is the console is going to cost around 700 CAD or 500 USD. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything different. Just same, same. same They're just same, same, but just more, just higher specs. And they're really focusing on what they're calling quick launch gaming. So they're going to have every, their hard drive is going to be SSD completely. So I don't know if they're going to just be screwing with compression rates to like install or to do installs on consoles. Or are they going to go back to like the ways of the PS2 and the PS3? Well, not so much the PS3, but like the PS2 where it's just you put in the game and it starts. But focusing on an SSD, one would assume that the install file is going to be a lot smaller and it's just going to have a startup file and your save file. And you're still going to run stuff off the disk until they go diskless. That'd be my assumption. They should just go to cartridges. I mean, you might as well. But right? like, not... Then you wouldn't even have to... Well, you know, with the size of some games, like, uh, what is it... Um. Gears of War 4, to download that whole game, it's like 140-some-odd gigs. Yeah, but, like, why? Like, this is where they should be getting away from. I think Microsoft's trying to do that with the Anaconda because they're they're putting two hard drives in their, their console. Allegedly. What, yeah, allegedly in, in Anaconda, anyways, there's going to be an SSD and a game hard drive. And they're both going to be fairly sizable, which is exp- impressive as well. Well, the cost of hard drive, like, um, the cost per gigabyte of hard drives um, are actually really low. It's a pretty arbitrary number, to be honest. It's like, you can you can get now, f- like, a four terabyte hard drive for, you know, under a hundred bucks, if if you know where to look. Like, on, on average, like, maybe a hundred and fifty bucks just for a four terabyte hard drive. Um and with flash media the prices of like ssds have been dropping substantially like the other day i saw a uh, a 2 terabyte 
uh, M2 SSD for on sale for uh, like 150 on Amazon or like it was a uh, Amazon or Newegg. But either way, it's like that's something that you know if if Microsoft can get some sort of deal or I don't know get some yes I, I essentially just some deal with uh, a manufacturer of SSD chips and like they order like a billion of them they could probably get the price per gigabyte down quite a bit to be able to put them in their consoles. Yeah. The only other thing that you could look at too, is if Microsoft eventually went to that as a format for their, their software, I mean, then you wouldn't need the home console to be as large as it is, but it could also run both game via disc or game via, cartridge or like small like kind of like the switch right like it's mm-hmm. kind of like an ssd card but not really or an sd card but when when you look at that what is your convenience level like is, is are you moving your console around a lot and that's why you need your games to be small are you able to share the games a lot easier are you not requiring people to download the entire game to their console? That's the biggest um, disadvantage to the Xbox One S and the One X for that matter. Like Red Dead took almost an hour to install. Like you can't, you can no longer buy a game and be so hyped to play it right away. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Unless you're buying like a Call of Duty, then you get to play in like 15 minutes because you get to play online right away. Well, and, and that's a limitation though of the... Um, Blu-ray media, right? Like the the drive can only transfer data so quickly, right? So if it's trying to copy um, like a 50 gigabyte disc onto your console, then um, it's gonna it's gonna slow down your just overall install. Um, but then on top of that, now we have like massive day one updates. Right where it's like oh, okay, well, uh, there's there's been some games where like the day one update is like 13 gigs. Yeah, it's like this is crazy. You know, like maybe they should have not uh, rushed the release of the game, or you know, press the disc after this these updates have been pushed because that just adds like way more. I remember, I think, uh, I think it was the, the division or something like that had like a pretty the 30 hefty. Gig- yeah, the 30 gig patch note on yeah. launch. And I remember like we were super psyched to play and it's like, okay, well, uh, it it takes like 45 minutes just to install the game and oh, great, my internet's running slow, so it's going to take me like an hour and a half to download this patch. Like and th- that's the problem that we're going to run into moving forward as these companies start going to more digital uh, delivery of games. And I know there's people that are totally fine with it, um, but there are still a lot of people that don't have the internet speed or the bandwidth uh, to be able to download these massive games. And I think going forward, they're either going to have to develop some sort of system that um, allows games to install faster. Like um, Microsoft's had started it with a bunch of games, and I, I honestly don't know what games it actually works for or if it's even properly implemented. But I remember, and I think it was last E3, where they had said, like, you'll be able to selectively install or, like, the 
the system when you're downloading a game it will only download like uh, if your if your console set to English it'll only download the English uh, dialogue and all of that stuff whereas like if your system is set to French if the game has French dialogue it'll only download that stuff right so you you're not having to download like games that support multi-language audio you're not having to download every single language pack um, which can save on uh, time for downloads but I think they need to also be able to implement uh, well w they did the same thing with um, the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S I think that S mm -hmm. you can download like 4K assets and that's a big thing right like those uh, some of the 4K assets in these games are very large files but you don't have the option to not download them on the One X so you have that system and there you go you have to download all the 4K assets and I get it like why would someone have a, a system that can display 4K especially if you have a 4K TV and not use it I don't know but like there's a lot of people that have like the Xbox One X and they are still using a 1080p TV so you should be able to just say like you know what I don't want to download the 4K assets if I'm buying a game digitally like Red Dead for example yeah no you know, and you're, you're yeah because like you don't have a 4K TV right correct so there's no need unless you are uh, dead set on using super sampling to get you know more crisp uh, picture there's no real need for you to be forced to download the 4k assets if you're not even really going to be able to use them or see them like the 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 one x can play games better than the one s just because it has better hardware and, and whatnot but that's not to say that it needs to have the higher resolution files or any of that stuff and I think this is going to be a problem going forward with um, games are not only going to get more complex and more visually uh, detailed but they're going to get much larger so well, to, to add to your point too we were sitting here the other day and looking at the TV and like the TV's starting to show its age. Some blacks just look crushed and disgusting. And a lot of it has to do with like newer HD formats. Like if I'm watching a Blu-ray off my Xbox versus Blu-ray off my DVD player or my Blu-ray player, there's a noticeable difference. Like like the One X or sorry, the One S versus my Blu-ray player. But even television you see it in some cases and others. And you do see like the picture ghosts every once in a while and fades. So we were looking at purchasing a new TV. And we were like, like now with all this information coming out, you got to look at the roadmap for a lot of people. You just bought a 4K TV and you got your 1X a year ago, nine months ago. Something uh, like that. I actually got it when it, when it launched. So yeah. So last summer. Yeah. So, Let's let's look at it at that kind of timeline. People are buying these consoles, including the PS4 Pro, without having a TV that best suits the console. 
when are they buying these TVs? Like, are they hoping that there's a TV boom in 2020 that's going to push everybody to purchasing a TV? Like, I'm looking at it like, oh, my TV can maybe last till November without a problem. Then I'll buy a bigger one or a nicer one. That doesn't really matter to me right now like because mm-hmm. the TV is still operational. I'm not in a desperate need for a TV. But how, like, is Microsoft, especially because Microsoft doesn't make their own television hardware, are they just banking on everybody having these televisions already? Like, Sony's like, yeah, we'll just release the Bravia 200, whatever. And they'll come up with a phone, or uh, a phone. They'll come <laughs> up with a console, or uh, a television that's compatible with the console. Like, that's optimized for the PS5. Because that's what Sony does. Yeah. Sony did it with the PS3, and it was brilliant. It was a 24-inch monitor, mind you. It wasn't a television. But they never really did anything for the PS4 where the there was a television optimized for it. I mean, they might have a Bravia 4K that does kind of a similar thing. But Microsoft, if Microsoft just spent a little bit of money into like Sharp or RCA or anyone, hell, they could buy like the Insignia brand and be so like I, Microsoft TV. I think what Microsoft does, though, is they have made their console support pretty much every... Uh, resolution or input or feature of 4K TVs. Well, yeah, so like the, the, it's a tuner set dream. Like I, I believe every Xbox has upwards of the thousands tuners in it, right? Like it's prepared. Yeah. Plus the what was it? The one, the one S and the one X all have digital tuners inside them as well. So you you have that as an advantage. Yeah. So like the the one X supports. Um, just like the PS4 Pro, but they support HDR10. But the One X supports Dolby Vision, which is another HDR format, but it's backed by Dolby, which is um, some people say that it's better than HDR10. Um, if the, Dolby has their own set standards for it and stuff like that. Um, but it's something that higher end, generally higher end TVs have it, and from what I've seen, I've watched some stuff done in H- regular HDR and Dolby Vision, and I honestly, I I like the Dolby Vision. Um, yeah. It's just I feel like it's just tuned a little better because there's those set standards. But Microsoft is supporting this on their system, so the TV that I got, it's not like a a, a big part of why I bought a TV. It was the size and price, and it just was you know i i wanted to get a 4k tv you know i was kind of tired of my my older um samsung and i had a plasma tv so i kind of wanted something that was a little more energy efficient and and that i didn't really have to worry about other like technical hardware problems but um when my tv when i got it the tv didn't support um the updated Dolby Vision, so my Xbox would not play any Dolby Vision content, or or it would just like kind of downgrade it or play regular HDR. Yeah. Um. So the problem is, is when you get where Microsoft is supporting these set. It's kind of like supporting everything, but they set a minimum version that their console will support, right? So I bought this new TV with all these features but because they the tv manufacturer hadn't updated the 
version of Dolby Vision, I couldn't use that on really anything that I had hooked up to it until they updated it. Now, they did uh, not too long ago. And so now with my Xbox, I can play literally whatever content I want in any quality and I don't really have to worry about it. Like I can actually tune my TV using uh, my Xbox One X. Whereas Sony, I'm sure like with their TVs, like they are tuned and designed to work better with Sony TVs, right? Like it just makes sense that they would do something like that. But they don't have the feature set that Microsoft has put in. So it just supports, from what I know, it just supports regular HDR. Yeah. Which is open to anyone, and it's it's kind of like a standard. You know, like it's like your basic Dolby Digital. You know, like every every movie has surround sound. You know, just basic feature. But Sony could push and add these added features like Dolby Vision and all that other stuff, but they're not. So I think that's where Microsoft kind of has the advantage of not needing to uh, kind of create or develop their own display for their console because what they're doing is they're like, oh, you know, we'll just support everything and we'll make sure that our stuff's updated and as long as you know, those manufacturers have their stuff updated, it'll work, it'll look great. Which I think has helped them out. Um, I just think far. Microsoft should blow the doors off this year and be like, all right, we're releasing the Microsoft TV. Boom! I don't know. I, and I feel, though, if they were to do that, like, Microsoft tried to do too much all, all at once when the Xbox One first was announced. Like, they were trying to make it a home theater system. And, a and lot nobody of, wanted to run their stuff through it. Yeah, it, they, it was tried to, they tried to make it an all-encompassing device for your home theater. But in doing so, they kind of divided their user base into the people who want to use it as a home theater system and people who want to use it as a gaming system. And it's taken them quite a long time to make the Xbox back into a gaming system you know they do have all the features like they do have the hdmi input you can use it to control your other stuff but you hear less and less about it like they killed off the connect again right like they killed off a whole bunch of features like they had picture in picture i don't even know if you can do that anymore right like so microsoft has really started to focus more so on the gaming aspect of their console i think it would be a step backwards for them to do something drastic like release a specific tv or display for their system i think if they continue in the direction that they've been going where they're supporting features that are uh, like new industry features if they can put that into the console maybe people might not be able to afford it right now but down the road people are going to invest like i've done right like i bought the console before i even had anything that could take advantage of this stuff but down the road people are going to be able to like technology to the cost of these things will drop people will buy them and i think that is also a, a deciding factor when people are purchasing these consoles like what am i going to be able to do in two three years when i'm upgrading my hardware and i think that's a big thing it's like people don't always look at oh i just want this right now to use it especially with like TVs and audio systems, stuff like that, 
everyone is like you have to try and future proof it, right? It's not like shoes where you buy a new one every six months, right? Yeah. So uh, I think if Microsoft just keeps, like I said, like if they just keep supporting new technologies and implementing that into their systems, I think Sony can learn from that because I think that's where Sony's kind of, yeah, their system I think is great for single player games and they have some amazing looking games on there, but they're kind of, um, I think falling behind Microsoft in the implementation of new technologies and supporting new features on their console. So let me ask you this question then. Do you think Sony's pettiness and how they reacted when the PS4, because they went second, right? Like it was the Xbox One and then PS4 did their thing. And they were like, this is how you share games. And they just like passed it from one guy to another. And everybody laughed. And Microsoft had to do a lot of backpedaling and really had to regain the trust of people. Do you think Sony is going to... How, how do I want to word this? Is Sony going to learn from its mistakes in the past and come out with a lights out console or are they going to depend on cheeky marketing and hopefulness that uh, Microsoft missteps on launch? Um, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like they're going to have to really market it because I think, um, who who's uh, Phil Spencer is the new like uh, president of Xbox? I think he's done a good job of turning the brand around, and people know it as a gaming system now. Um, and you barely see commercials for it. That's crazy. Like you see Sony stuff all the time. Yeah. And Microsoft's just waiting in the wind or waiting in the weeds, doing their thing. Yeah, I think um, I think Sony's going to really have to market their system. Uh, the P- PlayStation 5, whenever it comes out, whenever they announce it, I think it, they're going to have to do a, a good job marketing it as a true successor to the PS4, something that's better than the Xbox One X. And, like, obviously there's people from Sony that know what Microsoft's doing and vice versa, right? Because when these consoles come out, they're the specs are very similar. You know, like... A lot of the times they're running a very like the, essentially the same CPU. One might be clocked a little higher than the other one, but then one console might have a faster GPU than the other one. Like, so I think I don't think Microsoft is going to cause like is is going to fumble on their release or the announcement of their Xbox One X two. <laughs> um. I hope it's actually called the Xbox Anaconda. I really do. It won't be, but they'll they'll probably release a like limited edition, like they did with the One uh, X, like the Scorpio edition. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think Microsoft has learned from their mistakes, um, and going forward, like they know that they need to, like the people that are buying their system are the gamers, so they have to appease appeal to them, right? But Sony, because they've backed out from this, I wonder, like from E3, I wonder if they are just kind of taking a backseat and seeing what Microsoft does so that they can react to that in a 
in a less childish way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was funny when they showed, oh, yeah, this is how we you share games. But then it they, just they, made them look like it, it was very petty. You know what I mean? Like, it was those – it was like a classic um, My dad could beat up fight your dad. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So – I, I don't know if it's good that Sony is out of E3, but I feel like... Uh, I think them it, taking it, the year off is actually very good for everyone. Yeah, because last year it was like, okay, what what is this? Like, there's nothing nothing really substantial to show. It was just like a bunch of trailers and stuff of stuff that we've already seen. Whereas Microsoft was like, oh, bam, these are like 19 new developers that we've acquired. And bam, these games are coming out. Bam, this hardware's coming out. You know, it's just stuff like that. Um, this, I think this year's E3 is going to be just big for Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony because there's rumors now going around for all three companies for new hardware, whether it be like a, a Pro or a, a Switch Pro or the next Xbox generation or the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. It's too early. Like there's all all we have are just rumors, right? Um, but I think this could be a very interesting E3, and I wonder if Sony is just they decide to just kind of watch and see how things play out. But they made this decision back in like October. Yeah, and I I know a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had such a poor reception for like. The Last of Us, Days Gone looked worse than it did in a previous video a year before, which is hard to believe, but it did. And God of War already came out. So, like, they were looking at it like, oh, man, we don't have any... Like, Days Gone is going to come out before E3. comes out this week. I'm looking at Sony right now, and I'm wondering if what I said back in the days of three gem and writing when it launched i remember sitting with alex and alex and we were sitting around uh, a meeting table and we unpacked the the playstation 4 and we set it up and i'm trying to remember the games that it came with it was um he bought was this like launch yeah there uh, it was uh, kill zone was a launch title battlefield 4 Four was a launch title. Was it Kill Switch Two or something Two? Something. I don't know. But I remember playing that game and just being like, "Wow, this is awful." And it wasn't because it was like a bad game. It was Kill Zone Shadow Fall because we called oh, it yes. Shadow Fail. Yeah. It wasn't because it was a bad game. It just didn't look good. And Knack. Oh, yeah. And what we kind of thought at the time was maybe Microsoft or maybe Sony should have waited. They would have a a selling and statistical advantage for the first year of operation. But we figured by 2015, Microsoft would turn the corner and slowly pass Sony. 2016 came and so like Microsoft is outselling two to one, isn't it? Or one and a half to one, it's still outselling like it. Yeah. So, it, and like people have tra- like 
people are trading in PlayStations for Xboxes. I know other people are doing it the same way uh, for both consoles. But I remember when we first got our hands on that PS4, which was like a month or two before, two or three months actually, before the the PlayStation or the Xbox, and we we're just mm-hmm. like, "Damn, this is just like it's it's just a PlayStation three with better graphics, but the graphics don't look that great." And the games that they released were a lot of ports from the the last gen like it was call of duty ghost it was battlefield 4 but like uh, that's also kind of expected like, for launch launch games you know um you if you look at any early release games for any console and compare it to what was released for the the same console like three four years later the quality has it just just jumps substantially and that's because developers are learning more and more about how to do the system like or like and how to develop for it whereas like the launch titles you know they might have been able to develop the game for a year but they're still learning like how to code for it or you know what they can do to push the system Whereas now, you, like, you look at games like, um, like Days Gone, for example, and if you were to compare that to uh, one of the, the launch PlayStation 4 games, it's going to be a night and day difference. Like It'll essentially look like it's from a completely different console because developers have had the time to understand how to code for the game or for the system. So I I don't think that's necessarily like a fair analysis of the console because I think consoles it takes at least a year and a half for us to really see what they're capable of. But that's why my assessment at the time is more true now than it would have ever been is I did anticipate and like we did have this open conversation that the PlayStation had like was going to just destroy for the first year and it did it completely destroyed the xbox xbox like fanboys were having a hard time with it um if you remember correctly xbox even re-released their controllers because there were so many issues with their controllers after the release of forza uh, because the haptic feedback with the uh the motors and the Mm -hmm. the triggers just stopped working so they re-released them and made them more efficient Microsoft had a lot of problems, and I won't even deny that. Microsoft won't even deny that. They had issues with the sharing um, functionality. They had issues with a lot of stuff. But Microsoft, instead of fighting like a little petty game, they just kind of went and hid and worked on things quietly. And then they came out and added Phil Spencer to more of a a front-facing role, and they, they really had a solid 2014 E3 that kind of showed off what was coming. 2015 came around and Microsoft was just in full swing. And then you look at the last few E3s and people are just hyped on like the exclusives Microsoft's getting. That was one of the other big things, right? Like Sony had every exclusive possible. Mm -hmm. But we have had the PS4 and the Xbox for what? Six years? Seven years? Six years. Not even. And they're already getting ready to release another generation. And we still haven't seen 
one of the biggest titles in like Sony franchise history come to this level. And I I personally think that's a huge misstep. Wait, what title is that? Like The Last of Us 2. That's a huge misstep oh, yeah. by Sony. Like are you you're telling me that The Last of Us was available for so long on the PS3 that it came as uh, like a digital download for most people. Mm-hmm. And then the PS4 came out in 2014. Now we're four years later, or five years later, we're going to get a new console in 2020, and you're just going to get this game at the end of this year or early next year. That's crazy. That doesn't make any sense to me as somebody who like truly loves like story-driven video games. Like if I bought a PS4 just to get that title, I mean there's other ones as well. But like even like it just it seems like Sony's doing this thing. It's like they're like almost catfishing you a little bit. They're going Days Gone as an example, Spider-Man as an example, um God of War which seemed like it was going to take forever to come out. Um and what's that one that I can't think of um the new um, why can't I even think of his name? Metal Gear Solid guy. Um, Kojima. Uh, yeah, Hideki Death, Kojima. Death Stranding. Death Stranding. We've seen clips for that for the last two years. Yeah, but We're that's, not gonna like, see that's that how Kojima does console. his stuff, though, right? Like, y- Yes. Why couldn't that, I think of his name? No, I don't know. But I don't know. That's normal for him. I yes, think like, that's normal for him, but Sony's doing that with everything. God of War, we saw four. Or we saw for three E3s before it was released. Spider-Man, we saw for three E3s before it was released. See, like, we don't know how many problems are going on in development for these games, right? Um, Nor will we be, because that's not something we're privy to. Yeah, and, and I think that either it turns into where they, they're developing something... And then they scrap it because, you know, it just didn't work. Or they update uh, a game engine. So then they have to fix things that broke when they did that. Like So they, there's so many, like, little things that um, can happen in development that we'll never know about that can cause delays. And it's it's unfortunate because, like, yes, we've, we've been waiting for so long for some of these games. And uh, we keep seeing trailers for them. And then nothing, 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 nothing. And it's actually amazing that Days Gone is uh, potentially, unless they delay it, again, coming out in five days. Um, But, like, Sony has had a very good run with their games. You know, like, they've every game that they've released that have been a console exclusive have been very successful. Whereas uh, Microsoft... I think they've been spending the last uh, few years just fixing their console. You know, like they have games like uh, Crackdown 3, you know, like they that was a huge game that they've been advertising for a very long time. It came out and it came out to like moderate reviews. Um, you're, you're, you're not wrong there. That's like Sea sure. of Thieves was a big thing that they were advertising and it came out and I enjoyed it, but it just came out to moderate reviews as well right like so uh, microsoft just hasn't had the kind of home yeah. run hits for games as sony Date has of decay and I, is another one yeah and uh, that was disappointing um 
I think Sony has just been focusing so much on making great games that they're kind of falling behind on making a great system. Whereas Microsoft, they have so many kind of, they have so many um, programs implemented for getting feedback from the community. You know, you can join the Xbox preview program and they will just push updates that new features and stuff like that to your console like every so often like there's different tiers so if you want to be like the first to experience stuff where you know anything can go wrong at any time then you can be in like the uh alpha tier or you can be like in a third level tier where it's like just ready for launch so you can get stuff like two three weeks before it goes um to everyone else whereas sony they have their beta um they have their beta test for their software, like their firmware for their console, but that's kind of far and few in between. I sometimes get emails saying that I've been selected for it, but a lot of the times the updated features aren't anything that really pertain to me or I notice them. You know, like uh, Sony just implemented a few weeks ago, the ability to change your gamer, like your PlayStation ID. And this is something that Microsoft has allowed for years and years. And it's something that people have wanted Sony to do for years. And now in 2019, they are just doing it. And there's so many problems. Like there's games where you can lose your save progress because you change your name over. There's, Uh, It doesn't work on PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation Vita. You know, like, there's just so many problems with it, whereas, like, with Microsoft, that's a feature that they've had that just works. Whereas I think Microsoft needs to start focusing on creating those great games that Sony has been putting out, whereas Sony needs to take a page from Microsoft book and develop a great system that supports everything that people want. I.e. Fortnite. Yeah, no. Which was another huge misstep from from Sony. Like, ah, you we'll let you play crossplay, but you have to come up with a different name because you can't use your account on more than one system. Ha, yeah, ha, and, ha, ha. and it took and it took how long and how much complaints from the gaming community for them to kind of release their Kraken hold on your uh EA uh, Epic Games account linking, you know, so that was one reason why I never really started playing Fortnite with any of my friends because I made the mistake of downloading on my PS4 and linking my Epic Games account, and then when a bunch of my friends had it on Xbox, oh, I have to make a whole new Epic Games account if I want to link it to to that. Like, so I just never ended up playing it. So. I don't know. We'll see how uh, E3 goes this year. It'll be interesting because Sony is not going to be there. It seemed to work out for Nintendo. You know, like, people are excited to watch the Nintendo Directs, especially the E3 one. That's that's generally where they release, like, some of their biggest news. But it's such, like, it's a 30-minute video that they've put together. You, there's the production quality, and you can tell that they care about the information that but they no put in. But no more Reggie. Yeah, we'll see how Bowser handles things nowadays the evil guy actually 
Nintendo could have the best E3 possible because they have all this stuff coming out with Microsoft. They've always been kind of in bed with each other, so it's been kind of... Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to see what they're going to do, especially with Microsoft getting into the handheld game a little bit. Like, here's some of our library. Give us Yoshi. Could you imagine Yoshi on Xbox? Like a grungy Yoshi game? I don't think Nintendo will actually give up their license for their uh, first-party characters on other no, systems. but they could be an... In- they could be an inclusion to something like they could be like uh it could be like a um like a skin or something like that but i don't think they would allow like yoshi to be in some like violent game could you imagine bowser though bowser going to killer instinct yeah that'd be cool that'd be ridiculous because he'd be like super like dark but it's like um back when soul caliber 2 came out right like each console had their Link was in console exclusive, and I feel like it would be more of a um, kind of Rocket like, League does it too. Yeah, like kind of the like what they do stuff. with um, Smash Bros. Right, like there's there's characters from other other series in there. If Microsoft were to release a fighting like a battle royale fighting game like Smash Bros. or like how PlayStation had battle PlayStation Battle Royale. I could see that there being some sort of like crossover between characters, but uh, I can't see Nintendo giving them their characters for any games. Although it would be cool if like Master Chief made his way to Smash Brothers, something yeah, like that. Th- that would be sweet, and I think that would be very welcome in the gaming community. But the other way around, I don't see Nintendo characters well, really. Look how long it took anything. Snake to get there, right? Like Metal Gear was a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. But then, and like, then, they released Metal Gear Solid 2, and... Well, Metal Gear started on the Nintendo. Yeah, and then it went Sony exclusive for a while, yeah. and then Snake came back. Yeah. But, Only yeah, time will tell. Yeah, and that's a, that's a topic for another rainy day. And, I mean, we're getting close to one of the best days of all. We're, we're now within the six-week crunch of our favorite event of the year, E3. Um, we are going to do our absolute best, as we said, to give you as much coverage as possible because, you know, we love doing this for you guys, and we hope you love listening to it. Check us out on our YouTube. Um, We do have the podcast going up there weekly. We also have it on iTunes. Um, We have it on our Facebook, and we are starting to use our Instagram more than once a month. Twice a month now. Yeah. Progress. Baby steps. Um, For all of those who don't hear from us by the end of next week, hopefully uh, Thanos doesn't snap his finger and take us out. We are going to try and do an Avengers pre-show this week. Um, Don't cross your fingers because Thanos might snap them, but we are doing our best to make sure that that gets done for you. Um, If you like what you're listening to, obviously, please keep listening to us. Subscribe if you like it as well. Our channels are everywhere. David, you got anything else? I do not. Well... (laughs) <laughs> that that's a great way to end it thank you all for listening i hope you all have a wicked week